1: John and Marine are having a few technical difficulties. Uh, They asked me to pause the show a little bit until they get back and working. They should be up
0: soon. listening to The Haunted Headlines, your source for the stories making waves in the paranormal news. Sponsored by GhostVillage.com at www.GhostVillage.com
2: backslash news.
0: Good evening, you're listening to The Haunted Headlines, Ghost Village's weekly journey on the paranormal news Wire to bring you the biggest stories affecting the ghost community. Ghosts are getting in the way by being in the road again. In a story from the L.A. Times, reporting from Chivu, Zimbabwe, people are fearing spirits in the road who seem to be taking the lives of some travelers and putting others in the line of fire there. They believe the ancestors on a stretch of road are angry, maybe in remembrance of Cecil Rhodes, who founded the diamond company De Beers and settled Zimbabwe. Rhodes helped to establish a camp near what is now the highway, and local people strongly believe that many were thrown to a burning pit by the diamond companies. The superstitious among the locals also feel that the younger generation has neglected the rituals that once kept them safe. More than three dozen people have died on this road in recent days, including Susan Zimzagri, the wife of Prime Minister Morgan Zingvari, and another accident there in mid-April killed almost 29 people. The debate rages whether the accidents and the deaths are due to bad spirits in the road or a treacherous passage caused by a lack of funds needed to fix the road. Many people in Zimbabwe feel the two are connected. Newport, Rhode Island is known for its mansions on the ocean and historic tales of ghosts, and often the two go hand in hand. One of the more visible houses in the town is now for sale. Belcourt Castle, Bellevue Ave's oldest mansion, has been put up for sale for $7.2 million by the sole surviving member of the family, Harley Tinney, who has owned it for more than half a century. The property was listed on May 1st and is another paranormal real estate to come up for sale since the beginning of the year. This listing might be one of the harder and most telling so far. Newport has long been known as an anchor of affluence in New England, and the Belcourt has one of the most stable properties throughout the last half of a century. In addition to seeking a peek into the old life in Newport and the antiques which have come to characterize the castle, visitors might spot any of the shadows or ghostly figures people have reported there over the years including the castle's famous muck. In keeping with the paranormal real estate theme, another property in Albuquerque, New Mexico, has gone through a radical transformation in recent days, and the financial backers of the change are hoping a different phase will help the old building lose its ghosts. In the coming days, Memorial Hospital, which recently celebrated its 85th year, will become a hotel. According to a story from KOAT, the ABC affiliate out of Albuquerque, the empty, falling-down building, which became a mental health facility in the 1980s, was the site of all the gloom and doom tradition
3: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles on TojiNet. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable in this... Freaking setup is unbelievable. Anyways, with me my co-host, psychic investigator for the New England Ghost Project, the Queen of Pain, Maureen Wood. Hey, how you doing, everyone? And stop you swearing. That, that that was freaking. That was that was acceptable. If you look that up, it's not a word. <laughs> but anyways, um, we are here at Count Orlocks. And we we had this like really cool phone jam remote control thing that we could do all this microphone stuff with and and we tried it out this afternoon but guess what it's not working hmm coincidence I think not so anyways uh with us is James who is the James who is the owner of Count Orlock's nightmare gallery hey I got it all is that right come on James come on, step right up hi there Ron,
0: how are
3: you? <laughs> yeah, and we're, in, and we're in Salem, man. This place is, is unbelievable. I mean, you walk in, it's like walking into a uh, medieval castle almost.
2: Right? A dungeon. It's kind of cool. Dungeon.
3: Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, it's really a cool place. So, so James, what is Count Orlock's Nightmare
1: Gallery, and how did it come to be? Well, Nightmare Gallery is a horror movie monster museum life-size movie figures made by people who work in Hollywood special effects. Uh, They're very realistic, but it is solely a museum for most of the year. Um, Characters appear in front of you like Nosferatu. Everything from Nosferatu from 1922 to Dracula, uh, werewolves, monsters of various different kinds, all the way through to modern monsters like Freddy Jason, zombies, the whole nine yards. And all of the ones in between. Uh, A couple monsters from every decade. All the the iconic ones that you'll remember from the horror genre. and during
3: Is it just the villains, or do you have the, the heroes as well?
1: All villains, Ron. Villains. Um, um, no
3: Van Helsing, huh?
1: Actually, you know what? No, I'm sorry. We do have one Van Helsing. You're right. We do have one Van Helsing. So, can you guess which one you haven't seen? Ron, Ron,
3: take a guess. Jack Legman.
1: No. You, you,
3: got, you, you got his body here? You get, you get Maureen all excited. I don't know what's going on. What'd you do? Anyway, which one
1: is it? Oh, it's, uh, it's Peter Cushing.
2: Oh. You were going to guess that, right? Oh. I don't
3: you can hear Maureen? That's, that's no great loss.
1: <laughs> Anyways, uh, really, it's it's Van Helsing, huh? Yes. Uh, so we've got a lot of characters, and during our October season, we run Nightmare Gallery as a haunted house in the afternoon after 1 o'clock. And so we bring a, a, an amazing group of actors and individuals in to Nightmare Gallery, and they scare the yell out of you. It's a lot of fun here. And essentially, it's, it's, it's a horror museum that is haunted. So the characters, uh, as you go through, you can't tell which ones are real and which ones are. And uh, you won't know until the last minute, and then you'll be screaming and running for the entrance, or the exit, excuse me.
3: You know, what's funny is that it's more haunted than you think it is.
2: It definitely is, but you know what? I had an idea, James, while you were saying that. Uh, feature in there, and that would be scary enough. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he has Van Helsing. <laughs> yes, um, Ron, if you're if up, you're, we can send you out to the nearest taxidermist, and we can... Uh, <laughs> No, you're not, no. Okay, fine. How do you know it hasn't been done before? I've seen a Ron figure around, but, you know, there's a- You've
3: never seen the Ron action figure? You don't know what you mentioned, then? So, well, you mentioned as as a haunted house. I mean,
1: it's, it's more than that, though. I mean, you do have actually memorable Babilia here, right? Yes, we, we do have those those sorts of things. We have actually a a variety of different things. Just here in the lobby, we've got some of the most iconic characters in horror movie history. We're surrounded by uh, Boris Karloff as the mummy. Uh, If you look over there, you look at uh, Elsa Lancaster as the Bride of Frankenstein reaching towards her mate, the monster, again played by Boris Karloff. And then you look to my left, and you see Bela Lugosi as Dracula. And over there, you see the Phantom of the Opera at his organ. What's interesting is that all these creatures are made by people who work in Hollywood special effects. Over 35 different Hollywood special effects agents uh, and artists have worked on the monsters over time. And uh, this is part of a collection that I've had uh, for many years, and it's been traveling collection. We um, started in Jamestown, Rhode Island, which is uh, about two hours from here. And from then, we uh, continued on various different locations through Halloween's past, and Uh, We settled in Salem in 2007, Uh, so we're very happy to be here, as Salem, of course, is the Halloween capital of the world.
3: Uh, We want to thank you so much for allowing us to be here, and uh, we're going to get back to you a little bit later. But right now, we we brought brought on a special guest, right?
2: Yes, we did.
3: We have. (laughs) Anyways, I'm very proud to present the woman with the most beautiful face in the world, the face that launched a thousand ships, Sandra Mariah
4: power. Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) I am speaking up. Trust me, I know how to project my voice. Yes. Now, now, Sandra, you're
3: you're like a real witch, right?
4: I am. You say that like it's a bad thing.
3: You got to realize, you know, I was brought up a good old altar boy Catholic thing, and and you guys were all like, you know, hmm, you know? you know what
4: I'm saying? Yeah, well, you've got a healthy fear. That's a good thing.
3: The fear of God.
4: It's it's not God, but it could be Goddess, in my case.
3: I heard about that. (laughs) From who? But, you know, then again, you know, what makes you think that the Blessed Virgin Mary isn't a goddess?
4: Oh, no, she absolutely is. We call Catholicism the gateway to the craft.
3: I'm glad you said craft.
4: No, oh, definitely. She is a goddess, but a lot of her power has been diminished, you know, by the the way that she's worshipped is she's kind of seen as sort of secondary to the male figures in, in that particular belief system. So and she's had her femininity stripped from her. That's why it's important that they make her a virgin. It's important that they she's always buried under like mountains of robes and all you ever see of her, like her toes sticking out her hands and her face. That's pretty much it. It's almost like Mary doesn't have any, you know, naughty bits. Mm. You know,
3: it's it's really, it's really funny that you, you brought that up. Because, um, I mean, my wife went through uh, two years of cancer. And one of the things that helped to get through this is she would pray the rosemary every night. And she still does. And I've told the story a thousand times that I can tell when she's doing it because when I go to bed and I close my eyes, instead of seeing darkness, I see light, bright white. And I can tell when she's done because... It goes back to darkness. But anyways, and my mom, who is ninety six years old, God bless her soul, and spent her whole life praying for me, also praised the rosary, you know. And I kinda like never really thought of it because it's like, you know, if I'm gonna pray for someone, I go right to God, you know. It's like, why am I bothering with this woman here? You know, I mean I mean she was a great woman and all that, don't get me wrong. But I mean, they both had shown me that how much power that uh, the uh the Virgin Mary has and uh it's simply amazing. In fact, uh, you know, she's, she might have a little bit more, uh, well, I can't say anything without damning my soul forever. Uh, so, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's kind of neat. It's kind of neat thing. And, and, and basically, with the first time I met Sean uh, Portier and, and Christian, it was my first experience with witches. And I had no, and plus they were gay, which is like, you know, for me, it was like, uh, you know, I was, once again, straight Catholic boy. That's the way I was. And, and so it was really cool. By, my, by meeting him the first time, I learned about other people. You know, and like Marana, um, Leanne Marana, for instance. You know, she's not another witch. And she's a soccer mom witch. I mean, she's got children.
4: And, it, you know. The, yeah, she drives a minivan. So hey, it's kind of. They're okay. like real people almost, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, definitely. It, it is so cool. It
3: really is. I mean, it, it, no, it is. It's, it's like an awakening. But the one thing that I really, really liked about all of you guys is that, like, you accept me, too, which is kind of cool. Because I run into a lot of people who, you know, don't like Catholicism. Catholicism, Catholicism.
4: Catholicism. Who don't, don't like I was actually, I was brought up in a Catholic family. So I'm, I'm very comfortable with Catholicism. My grandmother prayed the rosary. I, I still have her rosary beads. So I'm, I'm totally,
0: I'm
4: totally cool with Catholics.
3: But you know they—they all. Nobody wants you know. Nobody will say that now that they're Catholic. They'll say I'm I'm a I'm a recovering Catholic, whatever the hell that is. But anyways, uh, so it's kind of cool. I mean, that's that's what I really really like about you people is that you, you people, you love that yeah. <laughs> that you're really ex- you know accepting, which is kind of cool. So it's a two-way street, which is great. Wasn't that awesome? Oh yes. Yeah. I pro- how many of us hate
2: hate. hate How much we hate Ron right now? Um, What? I I just want to ask, when you were walking through, because you got a chance to kind of walk through this place a little bit, right? Oh, for goodness. I thought you did. See, I'm I'm so concerned. I
3: still think she has a spell on me.
2: Could you please introduce yourself? And also, um, we want to know any website or information if someone wants to be able to get a hold of you.
4: Sure. well, I'm Sandra Mariah Power, and um, I'm actually involved with Christian Day quite a bit on Festival of the Dead. I'm one Ooh. of the event hosts and um, co-produce some of the major events like the Witches Ball and the Vampire's Ball. And we also have a zombie ball, which is fantastic, the Retro Zombie Ball. Isn't that a little stiff? Oh, God. <laughs> you with the bad jokes. And um, and I I also run the psychic fair the annual psychic fair which runs um, every day in October, in the mall, uh, the museum place mall, and, um, and
0: that's like you have a
4: thousand psychics. Well, I, I don't, we, we don't want to say a thousand, but we do have 20 licensed psychics. Some of our psychics have been um, reading for over 30 years, and uh, they've all you know passed the city's. Um, you know, background check and stuff, which is important to us. We want to make sure that these people are cleared to, you know, work with the public. And also they've had to submit their, um, you know, their credentials, like, you know, their work history and stuff. So we know, um, but m- most of them have been with us for, since we started. So, uh, you know, we've, we've, we're like a family. We've gotten to know them very, very well. and
3: I actually want to interrupt because I understand that you personally screen the psychics yourself. So is there like a test for a psychic or something?
4: Well, I, everybody that um, wants to read for the fair actually has to read for me. That used to be Sean's job uh, before he passed. And um, when he passed, that the torch was kind of passed to me. So um, if someone is asking if they can, you know, become a reader for us, yes, they do have to actually read me, which can be intimidating for them, I think.
3: It's the eyes.
4: What about the eyes? wells he's hitting on you <laughs> oh i had no idea wouldn't be much of a psychic if i couldn't pick up on that
3: hey 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 my p- my thoughts are pure huh.
4: look at- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing my job
3: <laughs> that actually was it was funny because uh, on facebook today uh, christian did, took an evil test
4: same amount evil as I am, twenty three percent. Can you believe it?
3: What the hell is that? Twenty three percent. My big toe has
4: got more evil than that. I know. We're we're actually, you know, we're really not evil. You know that. Well, unless just, just wicked. Just yes, we are very wicked. We're very wicked and sassy and saucy, but we're we're not necessarily evil. But if provoked, you know, we we actually can be.
3: That brings up another topic. Now, what's the difference between wicked? who believe in the threefold law, where if you do something, it comes back three times, whereas you guys, who really don't give a damn.
4: <laughs> well, we do believe in the hermetic law of cause and effect. I mean, it, it is, there, is, there is something to be said for personal responsibility. Basically, it's, it's not as simple as, if I do something bad, suddenly something bad's going to come back to me exactly three times. I mean, that's really an oversimplification of it, right? It's not like, I mean, think of all the good I do. Where's my threefold good coming back to me?
3: You, what good did you do today?
4: I can't talk about it on the air. <laughs> At least not on this show.
3: But you can talk about it on Hex Education, can't you?
4: Yeah, actually, we do, we do, get, we do get very naughty on Hex Education. What, what is this Hex Education? About? Oh, Hex Education is our blog talk show. It's on Blog Talk Radio. So if you want to find us, it's blogtalkradio.com slash hexeducation. And that's um, a radio show that I do with Christian. And we do that as a way to explore the sides of witchcraft and paganism and, um, and magic that maybe don't get as much play as some of the safer, you know, kind of watered-down sort of milk toast, sell-it-to-the-masses type of stuff that's out there right now.
3: Well, we don't do none of that on our show. That yeah. mellow down wet milk toast, sell-it-to-the-masses, <laughs> whatever the hell it was.
4: Well, you know, we we're putting the teeth back in the craft. I mean, basically, it's like, you know, we've had everyone flinging harm none around so much that you know, no one. I'm surprised anyone gets taken seriously anymore. You know, so it's sort of like, yeah, in the old world witchery, um, which is actually the the tagline for Christian Store Hex. Um, it it wasn't like that on Essex Street. Yeah, on Essex Street in Salem, um, across from the Samantha statue. You don't you don't um, you don't find that threefold law you don't find karma that was kind of an import from the eastern belief systems it's not really like that you know it's more like what we ask in our tradition is are you justified because people say well do you actually hex people do you actually curse people we say well i mean it's sort of our morality in the mundane world matches our magical morality so if somebody was you know coming at you with a gun and you had the ability to not only disable them but you know, not only take it away from them, disarm them, but actually disable them, in order for them to actually get their just desserts through the law. You probably would. You know, I mean, you might not kill that person, but you know, you might shoot him in the leg until the cops get there. You know. Very true. So, I mean, you're you're basically saying if you come at me and my family, you're going to get it.
3: Okay. Now, this we we're, we'll just leave that subject alone for a second. Uh, let's go back to the festival of the dead. This was uh, started by Sean and Christian many moons ago. You, you with them then? I'm, I'm really not sure.
4: Oh yeah, definitely. I was I was involved too, but um, but Christian was didn't want a uh, a council, and he certainly didn't want the the uh, Christians really. Yeah. And he certainly didn't want the possibility that Sean and I could gang up on him. <laughs> so he, he said it's going to be a, you know a, a, basically a partnership of two. But I've always been his support system through that. So it's it's I might I might not be a business partner, but I'm definitely his support system. So kind of his, his right hand man.
3: And it's a whole month long celebration of the debt.
4: It is. It's for honoring our ancestors. It's for, you know, mourning and also celebrating their lives, mourning our loss, but celebrating their lives. And it's we deal with subjects that a lot of people are actually Rather afraid to deal with, because when you confront the, the mortality of your loved ones, you, you have no choice but to confront your own mortality. And that's a human being's worst fear, really, is death. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't have survived as long as we have. We have a survival instinct. It's part of who we are. But to face that fear and work through it and actually be able to continue the relationships with the people that have crossed over by a belief that their spirits you know, can be can be contacted i mean that's really powerful and that's, that's what you guys do
3: i had a uh, near-death experience myself and i no longer fear death uh... to to me it's like the old madonna song uh, prayer and it feels like home to me i think that's what death is it's it's going home
4: yeah. well i i respect that you say you no longer fear death but i bet you still look both ways before you cross the street don't you Ron?
3: i'm not stupid <laughs>
4: You're not in a hurry either, right?
3: (laughs) In fact, if you go on my MySpace uh, website, uh, which is New England Ghost Project One, and it has a place for uh, who would you like to meet, and mine says God, but not too soon.
4: I'm not in a hurry or anything. You don't have to don't have to express me up there. You know, don't give me your next available or anything.
3: That's kind of neat. I mean, we also do an event at the Festival of Dead called uh, Ghost Hunting 101 Spectral Evidence, which is really cool because uh, we've been doing that for I don't know, four four years now, five years. I can't even remember.
4: This, this I think should be. I think this should be your fifth year. I think so. Yeah, and I've been I've been in the graveyard with you with the, uh, the EVP
3: machine and all that. Yeah. I had you alone in the dock in the graveyard. Blew it. <laughs> Damn. Oh, you still here, Maureen? I'm sorry.
2: Monopolizing it? I'm good with that. I'm uh, just trying to get on chat. That's
3: yeah, okay. That, that's what I was hoping you'd know, it, Okay, well, anyways, we have the break coming up. Once again, we're here at uh, Count Orlok's Nightmare, Nightmare, Nightmare. Nightmare. How did I ever get in the radio? Can you tell me that? I can't even freaking speak the language. <laughs> Yeah, evidently. But anyways, uh, we'll be taking a break and we'll be right back after the messages on TojiNet Net here at Count Orlach's Night Media Gallery.
2: Anxious, angry, even afraid of what is happening to America. It's time for Grassroots America, We the People. Learn how to get involved in your voting precinct and take back our country. It's time to build unity upon the Constitution and the wisdom of our founding fathers. Grassroots America, We the People. Every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Central on TogiNet Radio. Radio with a cutting
0: edge. Get ready for Cowboys and Indians. I'm Eric Sullivan, sports anchor at CBS19. I love the Dallas Cowboys. I wore a Roger Starbuck's jersey. Four consecutive pitcher days when I was in elementary school. Cowboys in Indians, 11 to noon Central, Tuesdays on In. I'm Eric Williams, third-generation NFL player, Super Bowl winner, from the Washington Redskins. I've been in the trenches. I know what I'm talking about, especially when I'm going to get some spike tear cowboy groupie. Cowboys in Indians, get the lowdown. Yeah, you want to be in the thick of it. Uh, you know, that's what you no, want. I know how hard it is. Like, okay, no, well, get... don't give me this. What have you done lately when but... every NFL team hasn't done anything okay, lately? But they have the most talented team in the NFL. Get this SmackDown. You are absolutely nuts. Are you kidding me? You've been hitting the head too many times in those trenches, my friend. Cowboys and Indians, 11 to noon Central, Tuesdays, on TogiNet, radio with a cutting edge.
2: We're back, maybe. Yeah.
3: You are listening to Ghost Chronicles live on Toji Net. I am Ron Kolick. She is the Queen of Pain. We are broadcasting live here in Salem, Massachusetts, in the dungeon of the old Count Orlocks nightly Gallery. And our very, very special guest today is Salem Witch uh she's a radio personality she's a regular witch she's a psychic she does it all sandra mariah power
2: me that's being on her all right this is our guests yeah <laughs> but sandra seriously it's a pleasure to meet you i think i've met you before when we stopped by to talk to christian one time um so maybe that was it I want to ask you because i 've been standing in the entryway, although it 's lovely, James. I think this is a fantastic place. Just have not had an opportunity yet to walk around, and Sandra has walked around and i 'd like to hear some of your impressions. so could you please describe to us this this um great great Count o's right museum
4: De- definitely i um i just I took a trip through some very incredible moments in my personal past with horror movies by going through there. Uh, I saw um, the monster from Legend that I absolutely love. I was in awe back there. I was like, oh, wow. I had to stand in front of that for a few minutes and just drink that in. I was like, yeah. And Tim Curry um, in It, that clown is back there. I was like, oh, oh yeah. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. That's back there. And uh, and I was just, you know, I was loving it. Of course, Tim did both of those. Tim did both of those per- those uh, characters. So He'd, and you and you never know because one to the other, you'd never know it was the same person ever. But anyway, um, yeah, you just freaked me out.
2: OK, I haven't gone back there, but I have this childhood fear of it with the big fangs and the oh. the scary, you know, you know, reaching under—he's back there, huh? Okay, well, maybe I'll stand He's here. Waiting He's waiting wait. You. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, this is queen of pain. but yeah. <laughs> That's not yeah. Do you know why Ron calls me that, Ron? Oh, stop it! Honest to God. All right, anybody listening, please cover your ears. Ron is just in a. Okay, do not even want to go there? Um, but no, tend to because of doing psychic work or channeling, right? Um, feeling the. The pain of the spirit going on, so I think that's why Ron decided to give me the Queen of Pain thing. So, so aptly put, right, Ron? Or when I actually kill him or beat him up when we're out investigating, then it's probably his pain, not mine. Give him pain. But anyway, please continue, Sandra.
4: Oh, okay, yeah. So I was, you know, walking around back there and taking a look at all these fantastic monsters. And even though I know there aren't any supposedly any employees back there right now, I still was like, ah. You could be one of those ones that's going to come alive, even though I know supposedly no one's back there right now, and I had the place to myself. But I, I just still—it's eerie. You're, you're walking, and they're looking, and you're saying, "Are those eyes moving?" And it's like, oh, there's just a there's an energy in these, um, yeah. even just these images.
3: I'm sorry. You know what, guys? You know how great a day this is? No, um, I actually, this is the last. As I found out, the last Wednesday in a month, and you know what that means, right? Anona, Anona, our astrologer who calls in. So, Anona, you there?
2: Am I here? Yes, I am.
3: Anona, I totally screwed up. I thought (laughs) this was the second to the last Tuesday in a month. Um,
1: Right. uh, You have a great guest on. Listening and very entertained. (laughs)
3: Okay, so I will catch you. I will give you a call tomorrow in my deepest sympathy for noises.
1: <laughs> no problem. <laughs>
3: Thanks, Anona.
2: All right. Love bye, you, Anona. And bye, guys. <laughs> bye. Okay, that was really good, Ron. Anona, we're so sorry, and uh, you know, we do want to hear from you shortly. That's a Ron Oops. That's not an oops. That's okay. Anyway. So, please, now, I have to ask you, I know that when I came in and we walked outside, Ron and I gathering our equipment, that didn't work. it um, didn't work. We want, I, basically, I haven't been around, so I can't say, but I started feeling some really interesting energy going on here. Now, um, you know, get into that and ask James a little later some of the, if there's memorabilia or what's here, something that could maybe holding the energy, but I want to see what your take was on it.
4: Definitely, I, I feel that there are items here that are holding energy. I also feel like this place is holding a lot of the, uh, the energy of the people that have come through and had those experiences here, where they're scared right down to their soul, and so that there's an echo in here of that throughout the whole place. So you're you're always on edge when you're walking because you you feel that energy still bouncing around in here so you're you're like you're ready to get scared because you, you know it's coming you're like oh my god i'm gonna come around the corner and something's gonna jump out and get me so it's, it's got a great energy in here perfect for perfect for an october if you're uh, coming out here in october you cannot miss this place because this is definitely it's a it's a class act too it's not it's not um you know a b-level thing it's definitely top of the line stuff here Oh, we won't even go there. Uh, well, I don't have B things. My things are bigger than that.
2: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, James, could, on that note, could you come up here and join us, please? Okay, could you tell our audience um, a little bit of some of the memor- memorabilia? Now you got me talking yeah, like yeah, you. we mentioned the
3: memorabilia. We had Belosky there. In, okay, uh, Is, well, we and haven't gone out. around
2: the corner. That's
3: the whole thing. Yeah.
2: Is there something else here or some other memorabilia that we should be aware
1: of? Uh, well, in terms of memorabilia, uh, or as Ron said, memorabilia, um, I'm thinking that, that we have very limited amounts of memorabilia. We have lots of things that have been made by very talented artists um, in the exact, you know, the exact replicas of monsters from the past. Um, but in terms of memorabilia, we have life masks. Uh, life masks are really interesting. Yeah, Um, life masks of various different actors, um, you know, it's the the exact, you know, proportions of their face because they sunk their face into a material, and that's what we've got. So we essentially have these wonderful faces back there belonging to Alfred Hitchcock, uh, the great director or actors like Vincent Price, Peter Lorre, um, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, uh, John Carradine, etc., So we've got that. Uh, We also have a couple of things that have been used in movies. Um, And we have one very unique monster at the very end um, from a movie called Poltergeist 2. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Yeah. Interesting movie. It was actually a sequel. Um, And it's, you know, whatever people feel about it. What's interesting is about this particular creature was made using a life cast of Julian Beck. Julian Beck played the preacher, Reverend Kane, And uh, Julian Beck was a very strange cat. Very interesting, nice guy, I guess, as far as I know. But he was known for doing very unusual things. He founded the Living Theater in Washington, D.C., and was known for revolutionizing the way that um, acting and uh, theater was done in the 50s and 60s. Um, He had pals like Jim Morrison, and, and he would actually ask his entire... Uh, acting troupe to take LSD and acid on stage and do really deplorable things right on stage. What's interesting is is that we have a little piece of him here at Nightmare Gallery. And um, oh. uh,
2: all right, a piece well, of him or the cat of, live cast or but, a physical piece
1: of him? Well, not a physical piece of him. No, I, I'm sure people would object. No, um, an echo of of. Of him in that movie, essentially, is what it is. Since the bust was made using the life cast of Julian Beck, um, it's very much like he would have been in the movie. So, what's interesting is that a number of years ago, uh, this figure of uh, Reverend Cain was at my house in Newport, Rhode Island.
2: And you, you slept in there?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, not not in with the figure, but he was he was in the office and. Uh, and the, the story I tell people every now and then and when it comes up is that he did move spontaneously.
2: Ooh, move. Okay, you have to describe that. Moved how?
1: Lurched forward. Ew. I was alone in the house, there was no reason for this to happen. And I looked at. I, you know, I'm, I'm certainly a believer in the supernatural, but I like to look at all the logical explanations first before I label it supernatural. I looked at all the logical explanations, there was none. Um, so we labeled it strange and supernatural.
2: You know, you, you've got some of my top ten you know, fears, you might say. Yeah. And, you know, you watch the poltergeist, and, and I, oh, God, what, Ron? And you I, scared I, me with your hand in my face. So, so I am your you number a, one fear. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, that's on a regular basis, but, you know, this is external, somewhere out here. Mm. But um, when I was looking at, you know, what is it, the Reverend...
1: Reverend Kane.
2: I don't even like thinking of him sometimes because that was just me. He was very macabre, very
4: scary. He really was. Yeah. <laughs> example, I mean, like <laughs>
2: he
1: was very creepy. He's. I. I don't know. I, I didn't he
2: have no. Did he have cancer at the time? I heard terrible
1: stomach cancer all through yeah. the movie. And another story I heard recently is that he didn't. He hadn't done a movie up until that point, so he wanted to do a movie. And he was cast in this role, and it was perfect for him. It was his last role, and he passed away right after they finished filming. So that added to the poltergeist curse, as the, what they thought at the time. There were three deaths within three movies. Um, and the third death, of course, was the little girl, Heather O'Rourke, who passed away during the third film, during the making of the third. She didn't sur- even survive the, the making of it. So, But it was another thing that was, you know, it was a sickness.
0: Her
4: tombstone says "Star of the Poltergeist movies" because that's what she wanted to be remembered for. The little girl. Yeah. And
2: I to right. say, and who is this? Is
4: Holly? I'm I'm Holly. I'm I'm James's friend, and I also I also work here, um, both in October and then occasionally um, helping out. But I'm part of the October festival here, um, and really really enjoy it. I love this place.
2: Very cool. And I have to say, when we got in here, you know, and we were just chatting and talking and I did make a comment because you you had a laugh. I'm like, oh, that is an incredibly spooky laugh. And I can see how well it would fit in when you're doing your, you know, haunted house in October.
4: Yeah. it People people come in and. They, I mean, I know I'm a little biased, so I'm going to say that I think it's the best place in Salem. Um, but people say all the time that, that we were their favorite haunt, and, and it's the best place in Salem, which is, which is great. You know, I mean, it's a credit to both the actors that work here and, and the place itself. It's wonderful.
2: Uh, very cool. I have to ask you, James, is there a website? One moment. Is there a website that you can give us
1: and location? Certainly. Uh, www.nightmaregallery.com. And uh, that, of course, will uh, bring you right to our MySpace when you click on the little MySpace link. We also have um, a little place on Facebook as well under Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery.
2: Great. Very cool. Yes? You have to what?
3: So I have to friend you now on my Facebook as well? Please do. Huh.
2: Will you friend back? Because after tonight, you may not want to. I oh. don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hand you off to Ron. Yeah.
3: Let me deal with the chick, all right? So, anyways, we kind of like fluffed over um, the Festival of Dead. This happens in October.
4: Yep, absolutely. We have a number of different events, everything from a really solemn event in the Dumb Supper, which is named for the fact that you stay absolutely quiet through the whole meal, you do not speak. And that's. Basically-
3: you know, I could never do that, right?
4: Well, I, I tell everyone it's worth the ticket price just to go and see Christian Day not talk for the whole entire length of it. I mean, that's worth the price of admission right there. But um, but it, yeah, that's an amazing event. It's it's it that touches people very deeply because you're able to actually really connect with spirit when you shut out, you know, all of the sound from, you know, conversation with either people that you've brought with you or other people at your table. When everyone's quiet, it allows you to really. Go deep inside your heart to connect with those people that you have lost. And it allows you to touch grief in a way that, you know, we try to keep ourselves busy. We try to, you know, um kind of push grief into the closet, into the back of our minds and say, Oh, I I can't deal with this. I have so much to do. I'm so busy. I can't, I don't have time, you know, to to be sad right now. Well, that's that's a an event where it's dedicated to you giving yourself the space to grieve properly. And People that went in very skeptical came out, tears absolutely streaming down their face, and said that was the most incredible thing I've ever done. I've never done anything like it, and um, and it's amazing because we take you, we part the veil between the worlds. Um, it's it's held in the grand ballroom of the Hawthorne Hotel, and the, there's a, a two-story high black veil that we part that you walk through, and you walk the river of blood to the altar where you place um, you know, mementos and photographs of your dead. It's like an 18 foot altar um where everyone's mementos and photographs of their dead are combined and a a place setting is there and that and that's where um you know a meal is brought for the dead no one may touch it it's just it's brought out for them to invite them to the table and then when when you're quiet you can actually hear the messages that they have for you and you get to connect with them again so it's just very moving experience extremely intense very intense
3: One of the things I, when I first met Christian, uh, the first time we did our event, Spectral Evidence, was uh, I introduced him to EVPs, which is electronic voice phenomena, voices of the dead. And I have been uh, asking him, pursuing him, to perhaps bring a recorder and try a recorder at this. You know, I mean, you don't say anything, so therefore, any voices on here have got to be.
4: No one may speak. No one may speak. Yeah, so. It's amazing. I I bet we would. Well, there is music. There's music in the background. You think it would still pick? Excellent.
3: Is uh, Robert still go? Hmm? Robert, does he still go? Robert? Yes, Robert.
2: Christian
4: Skull? Oh! Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. Hello! I'm sorry. Uh, Yes, Robert and Claudia both. Yes, Robert is the adult. The adult Skull. And Claudia is the child. And they're both there.
3: Now, I remember, uh, I think it was two years ago, there was huge hubbub over the vampire ball.
4: Oh, yeah. Actually, that, that hubbub's been going on since it started um, between the way people reacted to the posters, uh, because at the time there was a woman on the poster who had blood, you know, kind of rolling down and all across her cleavage. And people felt that it was amusing because some people actually felt like it somehow made it seem like she was a victim. And we were kind of like, you're missing the point. Check out her teeth. You know, obviously she's not the victim here. That's not her blood. (laughs) You know, we can't really say whose it is. It could be multiple people's blood. You know, I mean, it was just, I think it was the fact that it was sexualized that had people all up in a, you know, uproar. I mean, it wasn't even the violence, I don't think. I think it was the fact that it was blood on top of sex.
3: A bikini, she had a little bikini on. Yeah, I just happened to notice that. I do not but...
4: imagine. Yeah, she had a bikini on in that shot. So it was, that was a big deal, you know, but... Um, just the idea that witches were doing a vampire ball bothered some of the witches in town, which we found extremely amusing. Um, and we're saying, and they're saying, "Well, what does vampirism have to do with witchcraft?" And we're like, "Well, you you go look it up, honey."
1: Uh
3: huh. And now I also remember, perhaps it wasn't Christian's best moment of time when he brought in the serial killer
4: display. Gosh, yeah, that really caused an uproar when he had that serial killers event. Yeah, that um, that definitely upset quite a few people. But to be honest, it's a, it's just a product of our culture. These 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 serial killers, we treat them like rock stars. I mean, they're they're people. Sad. They have fan clubs. It's you know, if it's if it's sick, then it's it's a an epidemic. It's not something that a couple of people are guilty of. It's something, I mean, you, 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 think about it. When's the last time anybody watched anything like that OJ trial? I mean, it was just crazy, right? Everybody was like ordering Domino's, Couldn't even keep up with the pizza order. Cause nobody wanted to cook. No one wanted to leave the TV in case anything happened. I mean, it was like insane. People didn't even leave their homes while that coverage was on. So it's anything like that really rivets the person, you know, and it, because it's, it's fascinating to somebody that, um, that, you know, something someone could be that broken that they're capable of that level of violence, an appetite, just like as an addiction or an appetite.
3: I mean, you had to be pretty sick to go to that. In fact, I remember, wait a minute, didn't you go to that, Maureen? Wait a minute, wait a minute, I, I'm, I'm
2: getting a flashback, but I'm, I'm sorry, didn't you go to that? Uh, yeah, you know, I think I did. Actually, it was a friend's night out. No, my husband, myself, a friend of a uh, couple. Steve, what? Yes. Uh, um, it wasn't. It wasn't pretty. It was not pretty at all. In fact, it was very difficult to watch some of the videos because they showed a video, and that was very difficult to watch because uh, it was just you know anybody who ever reads up on anything with serial killers, you know, you start off. They don't just one day become a serial killer as adults. They abuse animals or. And that was one of them, and that was the video, was seeing an animal being abused. And that was very rough to watch, and and it just, the whole display was creepy. And to walk around, I thought it was funny, because Sean actually, it was just like, I would turn around, and Sean Portier would take something and stuff it in my hand and go, what do you feel? What do you feel? I'm like, Sean! And at one point, he put something in my hand, and I kid you not, I sat getting sick and having headaches and shot pains in my head and the whole thing. He goes, oh, that is so cool because that was, you know, this woman who was put in a psych ward because she was, I'm like, oh, Sean, you know. And then he comes over and he opens something else up and he goes, smell this. I'm like, uh-huh, stop it. <laughs> but it was, it was, uh, you know, it was extremely intense. So I can understand. I think I did leave early. Um, I left early. Did you pay for that event? yeah. You know what?
3: We're sitting here
2: talking, and I'm
3: looking over at the Phantom of the Opera over there. Look at him. He's like, oh, my God, what monsters you are. <laughs> Look at his face. Honest to God. You don't read that in here? Come on. It's like bad joke. I'm not a bad joke. I'm serious. Anyways, so that wasn't one of his better ones, perhaps. But I mean, it really is a good event. Uh, the psychic Fair, I know, is nonstop. It's crazy. It's like a whole month long.
4: Definitely, that's that's excellent. And there are a bunch of events. I mean, I run an event called um, Death and Rebirth, which is a really um, powerful ritual. To wait a minute!
3: Wait a minute! Wait! 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 Death and Rebirth. This isn't like one of those things where, like, you know, the kid ends up getting killed because they try to rebirth
2: them, and then you ever saw that? Oh man! Why don't you let Sandra explain? Because I think you're really butchering it. Ha
4: <laughs> Yeah, I get to kill everybody in the room, and then I bring them all back to life. It's cool.
3: <laughs> Necromancy, I love it.
4: Well, it's it's you know it's it's the type of thing where a lot of people feel like well it's it's witches' New Year because it's Samhain, right? So it's the beginning of our New Year, and that's that's the projections that witches do when they work their magic at that time. That's kind of where we get our New Year's resolutions. I'm sure you've heard of these, um, where you you talk about what you.
3: I know nothing.
4: What you're going to project for for yourself for the coming year. Well, um, I, I wanted to take it a step further and basically give people a chance to turn over a new leaf, and there are as many reasons for why somebody would want to do that as there are people who show up, and I mean, I, I've seen every single possible thing that people are looking to, to accomplish, so in the beginning, I thought I'd get a bunch of people that wanted to, you know, quit smoking or get over a divorce, but it's, it's gone so much deeper. Um, it's, it's just amazing and it's an honor to do this work with people. It really is. It's it's incredibly, it's transformative for me as well. Um, but it was, it stemmed from something that I did for myself and then I wanted to give that to other people. It also kind of touches on the fact that a lot of people from other places feel like they have a deep psychic connection with Salem and they feel either in their, in their past somehow, possibly in another life. Um, maybe a bloodline, family ties that they have here way back in their genealogy, or, or anything like that. They feel tied to Salem and they actually want an opportunity to be reborn here, basically, to have a connection here, to have um, something that they can take with them when they leave that's just sort of like a. So, so
3: what is this reborn thing? I, I'm not quite understanding this. What do you mean?
4: Well, it's a ritual in which we basically kill off that person's old life and give them a new life where they st- they make a commitment in ritual, they make a magical pact to start a new life, to actually treat themselves like they're starting over. So,
3: Now, is, is this done in mass, or is it more done individually?
4: It's in a group, but each individual person is, is able to, to do it. And I do it in a small enough group that it never gets so unwieldy that people don't feel like they're personally, deeply, personally involved. It's not a spectator event. It is not the type of thing you buy a ticket and sit and watch other people do the work. This is real magic that you're doing. And even if you're not a witch, but you actually believe and you just have faith, um, and it's something that you'd like to experience for yourself. I mean, it's, it's very powerful. It's a very powerful ritual. It's, it's a powerful experience that you share with all the people in that room.
3: You know, before I forget, we actually have something for you. Uh, what do we do with that thing, Maureen? Maureen? Piece of paper? Do you see that paper anywhere? No. Oh, crap. So once again, we're... We have five minutes? Oh, oh God. Um, anyways, um, you are... So what kind of mean things have you done as a witch?
4: <laughs> well, I will tell you that I actually have more people in my freezer right now than I have frozen food. You know, you when, you, when you've got someone that's annoying you, that won't stop, you put them in a bottle...
3: Well, you actually, you do. You actually you write their name down and then, like, put it in the bottom of a jar, what spring water is, and put it in the freezer, and that way it keeps them away from you. And you can do that without killing them.
4: That's that's one way to do it. There are a few other ingredients that can go in that jar. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff and bad stuff.
3: Just You know, I, I, I know a few things myself, you know. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, yeah. I dabble once in a while. Do I do. Did you ever hear of the white candle under my mind? I'm not going to go that. Uh,
2: go ahead. No, you're not going to that. You dabble? Well, I am Van Helsink. I'm
3: supposed to be, you know, Van Helsink with the man of science, yet versed in the arts and the crafts.
2: I have to see this, Van. we have to take his picture, James, after oh, with Van Helsink. Because he's going to drive me crazy if we don't.
3: Anyways, I guess we are running out of time or not. Oh, that's cool. Anyways, we, we don't have our chat room, so we're, yeah.
2: By the way, we apologize to our listeners, and we usually chat with you online, but unfortunately, somehow we lost the link and would have to reboot it, and if we did that, it would be a major crisis here, so we want to do that.
3: You know what's killing me is I'm wondering what they're saying.
2: Yeah, they're talking all about you. You think? Yep, aren't your ears burning? Okay, uh, move right away,
3: <laughs> we, we actually did this investigation, and I wrote down these these paper someplace, which I couldn't find now. Oh, wait a minute, it's in this box here. Hang on a second. We got it. Oh, yes, we do. Okay. So we did this investigation at Deadly Road, and now this is when the, the spirits were telling us all the stuff about the urgent legends that never happened there, okay? But Maureen began to travel on that road down to the past. Anyways, and she came up with these names. Now, do these mean anything in witchcraft? Because we felt a witchcraft connection. And it looks like it is Bell, that's Belladonna. And that's Bell, Bellatron, Bellatron, Bellatron. Right.
4: Um, I'm not familiar with a behetron. That's okay. Uh, Belladonna, you know what that is. The
3: the most poisonous, toxic thing in Western Hemisphere.
4: It's it's an herbal poison, so perhaps someone was offed using that, and that's the method.
3: Offed meaning like bumped off.
4: Yeah, like perhaps the spirit was telling you that that's what was used to, to kill them.
3: Now what about those other ones, Bella Han or
4: Bahatron and Bahatron? I'm not sure. You were or thinking any, any, you were any, thinking it's like a demon's an ancient demon's well, name, right? She,
3: no, no, she picked it up almost as a chant. Is there uh-huh. anything any, any type of chant that it may not because she can't spell? You know, she only has a sixth grade education. So, anyways,
4: it's you know it's interesting because it you could you could it sounds like something you could work with. It definitely does. I mean, I. Just sounding it out, it sounds really. It sounds you're right. It sounds like a chant. It sound magical. It sounds magical. Yeah, I would. I would want to research that actually because it it does have a um, an ancient feel to it. That not necessarily belladonna, but the hetron, the hotron, It sort of sounds like sounds like something, but it's nothing that I'm familiar with.
3: Okay, so okay. we we you know we really. Uh, you know, had no idea what it was. That was just something that popped in the head. So I said, well, next which I see, I'll ask her. So anyways, I guess we're running out of time. We want to th- we want to thank James here at uh, Count Orlock's uh, Nightmare Gallery and uh,
2: the fabulous
3: Sandra Mariah Power. And, of course, my co hosts uh One.
2: You forgot my name already? I wish. Yeah, okay. And anyways, don't forget to buy our book in September. <laughs> was, that, was, <laughs> was that shameless enough? Yeah, very shameless. So it's, it's time to say good night and God bless.
3: Good night and God bless from Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery. See you next week, kiddies. Bye bye. Ah.